God dwells with me. Before we hear how Jesus describes the Spirit's work, let me set the stage for today's scripture reading. It's the Last Supper. Jesus and his disciples are in the upper room. They're sharing a meal together, and knowing that he's going to be crucified the next day, Jesus is comforting his disciples and giving them some final instructions. He tells them to love one another and serve the needs of others. And then he shares with them this good news about the Spirit that God will send to them. Let's listen in. Jesus replied, All who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from the Father who sent me. I am telling you these things now while I am still with you. But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is, the Holy Spirit, He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. This is a word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We know from the Gospel accounts that Jesus taught a lot during His three years of public ministry. He told people about the Kingdom of God and how they were to live in this new Kingdom reality. And I'm guessing that our four Gospels capture only a fraction of what Jesus actually taught during those three years. And unlike us, Jesus' disciples didn't have a written account of His teachings. They only had what they could remember. And those who wanted to follow the way of Jesus in future generations only had the oral traditions that were being passed down. How would these disciples who loved Jesus and wanted to follow His ways possibly remember everything that He taught? Well, the answer, according to Jesus, is that God would send them the Holy Spirit, God's living presence, to live within each one of them. And the Spirit would teach them and remind them of everything Jesus had taught. And that was the experience of Jesus' disciples after His death and resurrection. St. Paul put it this way in his letter to the disciples in Corinth. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's Spirit, not the world's Spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. Friends, think about that. The Spirit, who knows the mind of God, lives in you, teaching and guiding you. That's mind-boggling. Have you ever been in a worship service 
and suddenly the words of a song we're singing or, or something in the sermon speaks directly to a situation you're facing in life? That's the Spirit at work. Or perhaps you're praying about an important decision that you're wrestling with or, or a significant problem that you've been trying to solve and seemingly out of the blue, you have this flash of clarity about what you need to do. That's the Spirit at work. Several years ago, I was having my morning coffee and suddenly got this insistent nudge to call a friend with whom I hadn't spoken in a while. And I couldn't shake it. And so a bit later that morning, I pick up the phone and I gave him a call. Well, he picked up the phone and without even saying hello, he said, I can't believe you're calling me. I just got off the phone with my doctor. I've been diagnosed with cancer and I need someone to talk to. That is the Spirit at work. The Spirit who knows the mind of God lives in you and in me. And the Spirit teaches us and guides us to live as Jesus lived. It's amazing. But if you think about it, that isn't necessarily good news. Why? Well, because following the way of Jesus isn't easy. It can feel risky. And in fact, it's often beyond our capacity. Following Jesus means loving people that I don't like, forgiving people who have wounded and offended me, being generous when I'm not certain I have enough for myself, thinking of others as more important than myself. Well, heck, you might as well just ask me to jump to the moon. On my own, I can't do those things, at least not consistently, and neither can you for that matter. But here's more good news. The Holy Spirit doesn't just show us the way we should go in order to follow Jesus. The Spirit also empowers us to follow. Speaking of Christ, St. Paul wrote these words, As the Spirit of the Lord works within us, we become more and more like Him. Did you catch that? The Spirit who lives within you is working to transform you more and more into the likeness of Christ. In his letter to the Galatians, Paul put it this way, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When I think about what I need to follow in the way of Jesus more consistently, it's those very things. And so the Holy Spirit doesn't just guide us to follow the way of Jesus, the Spirit also empowers us to do it. And does that mean within a week or two we'll do it perfectly? <laughs> no. We're talking about a lifelong journey of learning and growing and changing. We're not promised perfection. We're promised progress. When I need directions on the road, I just say, hey Google, navigate to wherever I want to go. But how does that work when it comes to receiving guidance from the Holy Spirit? Well, there are lots of ways, including spending regular time in Scripture and seeking the wisdom of trusted and faithful friends, but I want to focus on a powerful practice that, in my opinion and in my experience, isn't used nearly enough. It's the practice of silence and stillness. 
you know, we're a bit like a snow globe. Because we're always in motion, whether physically, mentally, or emotionally, it's hard to see through to the center of ourselves where the Spirit dwells. But when we learn to be silent and still, things settle, and we are about to gain some clarity. Or or we can think about ourselves as water. Moving water churns up the sediment, and ripples in the water make it opaque. But when water is still, we're able to see through it. Perhaps that's why the psalmist says God leads us beside still waters. In the last congregation I served, the senior pastor went home almost every afternoon at about four o'clock. He went into his study, sat in his favorite chair in silence for nearly an hour. Sometimes he would think through challenges he was facing. Sometimes he actually fell asleep. But more often than not, he simply sat in silence and listened. And that practice of silence and stillness shaped him. His best sermon ideas, his most creative solutions to challenges, his wisest insights came from those afternoons in that chair practicing silence and stillness. Most of us are running through life so quickly jumping from one thing to the next, that we react to life. And rarely are we at our best when we're merely reacting to life. Practicing silence and stillness opens our ears to hear the Spirit speak so that rather than reacting to life, we are responding out of the richness and wisdom of the one who lives within us. And when the practice of silence and stillness becomes a habit, it shapes us and opens our ears to hear the Spirit's still, small voice, even when we're not still and silent. Here's a great example of that. Watch this. Shoulder taps. So, Tony and I are having lunch at California Pizza Kitchen the other day, and across from us, I noticed this elderly woman sit down. She's dressed nicely, and she's at a large table by herself for about five minutes and then what appears to be her daughter shows up and I don't recall two or three grandkids and they all look spectacular uh ready for a nice meal obviously and at about that time a voice in my head starts saying you need to go tell her how pretty she looks so I don't even know if we're eating at this point or not but the food arrives Check arrives. We're going to go down the walkway a little bit in this strip center and look for something. And um, that's the next thing that we're going to move to. So so Tony stands up. I don't tell her any of this. Um, and on my way out, I just kneel down and kind of get into this position where I'm at her level, right, where she's now in her, in her chair. And I said... Uh, Hey, if nobody else has told you yet today, um, I just want you to hear from me how lovely you are. And she looks at me with a look I've never seen before and says, I know you. And I said, no, we, we don't know each other. And she said, I know your spirit. And it gets really quiet between us. And she says, my husband died a year ago. And that's something he would have said to me. And at that moment, I can't talk. I can't talk. I'm overcome by emotion. And I just hug her 
and smile at her through tears, and I leave. But here's what I know, and here's the reason I'm telling you this. I believe that God taps us on the shoulders and uses us at just the right moment. And what I know for sure is that she was blessed and I was enormously blessed. So I've learned in my life to listen to these shoulder taps because they do happen. And I believe the more that we listen to them, the more in alignment we are with God. And that's an awesome place to be. Shoulder taps. Wow, I, I want more moments like that in my life, don't you? And I'm convinced that the reason we don't have more of them isn't because the Spirit isn't speaking, but because we haven't allowed silence and stillness to tune our hearts to hear the Spirit's voice. So I want to challenge you to practice silence and stillness this week. Start with just five minutes at a time. Sit comfortably in a place you aren't likely to be disturbed, and then bring to mind a challenge or a decision you're facing. And once that's clear in your mind, offer this intention from Psalm 143, verse 10, up to God. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me forward on a firm footing. And then just sit in silence. You may not hear anything at all. You might fall asleep, or you might just feel a tap on your shoulder that leads you down a pathway of blessing. So let's try it right now. Get comfortable and close your eyes. Now breathe in deeply a time or two to reset your heart and your mind. Now bring to mind a challenge you're facing or a problem you're, you're trying to work out, a decision you need to make. And now repeat these words after me. Teach me to do your will. For you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me forward on firm footing. And now just sit in silence for a moment or two and become aware of what bubbles up in you. Now let's conclude with these words. Repeat them after me. God dwells with me, and I dwell with God. It's true.
you.